Welcome back to the Through the Eyes of Jesus podcast. My name is Isaiah Leinecker. Is that a woodpecker outside? <laughs> Whatever it is, we're going with it. As I said, my name is Isaiah Leinecker. Joining me today, as always, and you already heard from him, is our good friend Walker Howell. And our special guest today is, according to the script, the Lincoln Shots. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, you know, I, I've never had such privilege in my life before. And so this is truly a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Y'all, y'all didn't know this, but Lincoln does his own radio show. Y'all should check it out. <laughs> yes. Hide is just a number. Uh, it's on Spotify. It's in podcast form as well. Uh, now, the subject matter is probably... Not probably. It is a lot less serious. Uh, it's more of a show where we just joke around. We don't talk about, you know, like, Jesus. But, but you know, um, if you're feeling like you want to have your funny bone, just... I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but just just <laughs> listen to it. Just listen to it. It's great. It's me and my buddy Max Wilson. Uh, Hide is just a number because he's like six seven. I'm five six. Follow us on Spotify. That's that's my plug. I'll stop it there. <laughs> Uh, regardless of how odd your other interests are, we're so thankful. <laughs> we're, so, we're so thankful that you have uh, you were able to join us today. Uh, we are almost done with season two, Walker. Believe which is, it or not, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, just we're just a couple of college kids who started this what four months ago, and we're already through our second season. And almost. We're almost done with the special guest season yeah, two. That's yeah, coming been, out over the summer. So. Yeah, we've, we've been recording <laughs> wow. those. We've been. Recording season two, we've, we've been busy, folks. Uh, but season two is dealing with controversial world issues. And this issue, in my opinion, is not necessarily as controversial, but it's definitely still important. And the church needs to spend more time talking about it, uh, especially for talking about it with the young people. And the topic today that we're looking at is dating and relationships. How should we as the church look at dating? How should we as the church look at relationships? What does the Bible say about dating and relationships? And so that's uh, one of the reasons that we brought Lincoln on here today. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit before the show, but we've got you know, a lot of different experience in terms of relationships here. We've got Lincoln, who's uh, engaged, if, I, right. if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, you're right, yeah. <laughs> Lincoln is engaged, and, and Walker's in a serious relationship, and I'm also here. Um, <laughs> But the point is... Bachelor power. Yeah, for real. For real. <laughs> for real. Beating the ladies away with a stick. <laughs> right, right. Anyway. Bite them off. What does the church... What, uh, what should the church say about relationships? And what uh, should uh, the Bible... Or what does the Bible say about dating? And again, this is a very important topic to discuss with our youth today. Because if the church is silent on it, the world will teach them. And that's kind of been, been our big thing throughout the season is we need to speak up on things that the church isn't doing a good job of speaking on. Because if we don't talk about them, the world will. Oh, and the yes. world will not teach our children, will not teach our brothers and sisters in Christ what the Bible says. So we need, we need to make sure that we're doing that. Right. And if I can add in there, my thought uh, just goes to Paul, right? Either a slave <laughs> to the world or a slave to God. Uh, and... Yeah, I like I love what you guys are doing because, um, you know, I think people assume that there's like a middle ground between those, and there's not. 
since we're since you brought up Paul, well, let's go ahead and throw this out there too. You know, uh, <laughs> before we get into the dating and relationship thing, you know, Paul encouraged the single life. So, <laughs> so single life is always fine. an option. No, so don't if you're single out there and you're listening to this episode, we are not bashing you in any way, shape, or form. Paul supports that fully, and we actually Isaiah and I and a few other of our other friends. Um, I was the only guy in the group who was actually in a relationship, so we created a Facebook group called Single Like Paul. And so uh, that relationship is full of happy singles who um, – except me. But <laughs> you just get like banished once you get in a relationship. You're full, like, oh. full of happy singles. Um, anyhow, that's besides the point, but that's just I, – I found it funny, and I say I didn't want me to bring that up, but I brought it up anyway. Right. <laughs> anyway. And – Paul says it's sometimes better to be single, right? right? Yes. We, need, we need to be okay in the church with singleness. I feel like a lot of times we're pushing people mm-hmm. to get married uh, when it's not necessarily something. Like Jesus was never in a relationship, you know, like that um, mm-hmm. with a woman, you know, so like. Brings us, it sort of flows us right into our first point, you know, talking about attraction. Attraction was originally meant for one man and one woman. We addressed this in the uh, homosexuality episode of season two, episode one. So if you want to go back and check that one out. Um, that that one was where we talked about that more in depth about um, the Bible's boundaries for one man and one woman and why that is scriptural. But we see the Bible laid that out clearly in Genesis chapter 3 whenever he created man and woman. Um, and we see Adam and Eve. We reference Adam and Eve a lot, but they're key characters and they, we learn a lot from them. Um, but the, the big problem with attraction is that attraction and leading into dating and relationships and different things like that can lead us to – uh, do things that we may not want to do. And I think Isaiah has a point before I move on. Uh, I just wanted to bring up the fact that attraction in, of, in and of itself is not wrong. Right. right? It's, it's not wrong to be attracted to somebody. You know, look at them and say, wow, this, you know, for us since we're, we're men, that, that lady is really attractive. She's, she's really pretty, right? That's not wrong in and of itself. But when we allow that attraction to become more than just I want to get to know this person because I think they're good looking. When we allow it to become lust instead of attraction, that's where the problem in and of itself yeah. lies. Because attraction is God given, right? You mentioned Adam and Eve in the garden, right? And and any other relationship that leads to marriage, as all relationships should, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Uh Adam and Eve were attracted to one another. Lincoln, you and your fiance are attracted to one another. <laughs> yes. Or at least you hope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. She's got a terrible taste in it. So I don't know. Just... But the point is, that attraction is the natural first step that God has given men and women into getting into that relationship. You know, without that physical attraction, there wouldn't be a reason for a lot of people to start or to want to get into that relationship. So attraction in and of itself is a natural thing. It's a good thing. We just need to make sure that it doesn't lead us into unnecessary temptations like King David. King David, uh, you know, we see his story in 2 Samuel chapter 11, where he declines to go out with his troops like normal to go out and fight, uh, go out and fight the war. He stayed in Jerusalem. He stayed in the palace and he happened to be on the roof of the palace and happened to see this lady Bathsheba taking a bath, which is, you know, not out of the ordinary for this, this culture. A lot of people would bathe on their roof. So it wasn't anything that she was doing that was, you know, wrong in this instance. David just kind of happened to be in the wrong spot at the wrong time. But he allowed that attraction to this woman to fester, if, that, if I can use that word there. 
He allowed it to linger. He allowed it to stay in his mind and it allowed him to think things that he should not be thinking. And we saw where, and we see where this leads. He, call, he calls for this woman. He calls her Bathsheba and he sleeps with her. And he thinks, and he, you know, he sends her away and he thinks, well, that was that. You know, I got what I wanted. Nobody got hurt. You know, end of story. Let's move on. But in 2 Samuel 11, verse 5, the woman conceived and she sent and told David, I am pregnant. So big, big oopsie here from, from David. Uh, you know, big he, oopsie. Exactly. He, he, he slept with this woman and he thought he could get away with it, but it turns out that she was pregnant. And so this leads him to uh, deception. This leads him to hatred. This leads him to murder uh, of Uriah, Bathsheba's husband. So, and obviously this is kind of an extreme circumstance here because David was trying to cover up his, his adultery, his affair with Bathsheba. But the point is that attraction can lead to lust if we as Christians are not uh, focused on the right things. Most definitely. And, um, you know, one of the biggest issues in America uh, today is premarital sex and uh, violating the boundary of attraction and going beyond what uh, what we should. Bible talks a lot about um, staying abstinent before marriage and not having sex before marriage, in which we have a whole episode dedicated to that in the future. Um, but we were researching for this episode, and we ran across the statistic that by age 20, 75% of Americans have had premarital sex, and that number rises to 95% by age 44. So it's just, it's amazing at, uh, at the number, or at how big the world has influenced our young people, how the world has influenced uh, the way that attraction is now viewed. Um, and so that's why this episode we feel is vitally important, because these numbers are way too big for what they should be in the way that the Bible teaches about this topic. Yeah, um, I just want to add there, you know, we talk about uh, if attraction is all that there is, right, to a relationship, then it makes it significantly harder for us to fight against the LGBTQ movement, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I, I say fight, you know, we, we love them, but it, it makes us hard to preach, right, that, uh, well, I, you know, this is wrong if we're just acting as if attraction is all there is to a relationship, uh, but the important thing to remember, and I think you touched on this, Isaiah, is that attraction is something that God has put in us, right? Mm-hmm. And it's something that, you know, not to get too much into detail, uh, it's something that's made for marriage, right? I mean, if you were married, you weren't attracted to your wife, you know, that's that's not good. Um, so it's, it's not even, it's just about, um, it's God designed, right? But it's just about waiting, you know, and and there's a lot of beauty, right, to that weight. And there's, we could go into that. I know this episode isn't about that. Uh, but we can go into, um, there's so many benefits and there's uh, such a beauty in, in only um, being with that one person. You know, think about David and Bathsheba, right? I think about how sin just produces more sin. You know, something the Bible touched on a lot. Sin, sin's consequence is sin. Uh, which is kind of like a weird thing to say. Uh, but sometimes, like, you may get away with it. You may have premarital sex and, um, like, say she's not pregnant. But, you know, from stories that people have talked to me about, you know, like, once you do that, it, there's 
Um, I'm trying to remember how like how people phrase it. There's like a connection there, you know. It's a chemical bond. Right, right, and it's and it's supposed to be a bond, but just not for that time. And so it it puts a lot of strain on your relationship just in general, you know. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely something that's okay, right? To think that oh, I think she's attractive, you know. Um, Somebody always said, like, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from laying a nest. Um, so, you know, thoughts happen and you're supposed to be attracted. But when that's just all there is to relationship, it's like you said, Isaiah, it's not really love. It's just it's it's pure lust. It's purely physical. And it's not uh, what God has really um, ordained, you know, so. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think it's important for us to look at the fact that we are supposed to wait, right? Uh, we, we talk about premarital sex as a big no-no, right? But that's kind of all we say. We say, wait till you're married, wait till you're married, wait till you're married. And we, we, don't, really, we don't really give any more reason than that. And I think it's important for us to, to touch on that because, uh, like I, I briefly brought up, when you do have sex, that creates this bond in your brain with this person, right? It, it links you to this person. It allows you to have that special connection with someone. Mm-hmm. And when you and when use that, when, excuse me, when you use that in its proper setting, it's a beautiful thing. It's a great thing. It's a blessing from God because it draws the man and wife closer together than they would be naturally, right? Uh, if it was just you know, the two of them being together, they wouldn't be as close as if, as if they hadn't, you know, committed this act, uh, if they hadn't had sex, to put it bluntly, right? Right. Because that's something that we as the church need to get better at, just being blunt about this. Yeah. Uh, but, the, but the point is, uh, I think Paul really says it best when he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16, or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh, right? When you're married, when you have that sexual relationship with your partner, that creates that bond. You're, the two flesh becomes one, your man and wife, right? But when you do that with someone who's not your spouse, do that with someone who's not your husband or your wife, then that creates an issue because you're creating that bond that was reserved for marriage with someone who you're not married to. And this, like Lincoln pointed out, this can lead to more sin, right? It's, a, it's kind of a never-ending never circle if you're not careful. If you right. sin once, it becomes easier to do it again and again. Well, and because you've already, you've already kind of, um, you know, you've, you've gone past that line, you know, you've broken that seal of, like, not wanting to do it and then doing it. And so it makes it easier to just uh, deny like what you think is right again, you know, and again. And, and I think we see that uh, in the Bible. We see that in, in people just in general today. Um, and, you know, also sex is addictive um, in all aspects of it. I mean, we see how pornography has taken over the, the world, basically, uh, since the creation of the Internet, you know. Um, and so, you know, once you get that feeling once, you want to do it again. Um, and I love the verse that you pointed out because of it talking about like, you know, once like, sure, you can go, this is just putting it bluntly, like, sure, you can go have sex with a prostitute, but like, you're, you're, you know, you've been with her, you know, 
it's not just kind of something to throw away. You know, sex is supposed to be very special. And I think that's part of the, uh, I think that's also part of the, uh, what am I trying to say? That's part of the beauty of waiting, right? Is because it's this very special, intimate, um, one-on-one thing, you know? And I, I think you bring up a good point again, Lincoln, when you say waiting, because we, especially in this culture, we're not taught to wait. We're taught instant gratification. If you want something, get it now, right? So too many people are desperate to get into relationships. Too many people are too desperate to avoid waiting. They're not, they're not willing to be patient. And so they rush into things without really taking into consideration of how serious it needs to be. And I think this really goes hand in hand with our next point, which is the purpose of dating. The world has kind of corrupted the purpose of dating, right? They've taken it away from what God intended relationships to be. And so I think it's important for us, especially as the church, to look at what the Bible says we should do uh, when we're dating, when we're in a relationship. What is the purpose of, of doing those things? And I think it goes back to what we said earlier, that we, we need to date to marry, right? Uh, Lincoln, you, you have a point on here that uh, I, w- I want you to hit on in a second. But, you know, when we're going into these relationships, uh, and Lord willing, we'll look at this in an uh, episode that will come out over the summer, over uh, marriage, divorce, and remarriage. But marriage is a very, very serious commitment, right? It's supposed to be one man and one woman for life. No exceptions, no, you know, getting around the rule. One man, one woman for life. That is a serious commitment. People don't realize that. And especially because we allow divorce so much in this country. It's, it's so free. It's, a, it's such an easy option. And so many couples end their marriage in divorce because they don't recognize the seriousness of their commitment to each other and to God in this in this instance. Uh, but Lincoln, I, w- I want to have want to go ahead and let you get to your point uh, that you've got here on the script, and I'm gonna just yeah. give it to you right now. Um, so I said I said when we were planning creating the script, it's important to fall in love with somebody's soul and uh, not just their personality. It's hard for me to. Uh, put into words how this is. I mean, obviously, it doesn't happen, right, overnight. Um, But ultimately, like, God has got to be first, right? And and I think it's too easy to, uh, like, I know, so, you know, if anybody is listening out there, my fiance's name is Anna. So I know, like, there's been times where I wasn't doing anything wrong necessarily, but, like, I was putting Anna over God if I was honest with myself. Like, I was thinking about her, uh, and, like, I don't know. It, it's hard to phrase how this is, but, like, I was basically prioritizing her over God, like, in my mind. Which we can go into. There's a lot of danger there, um, and we can get into that later. But for the sake of what we're talking about right now, the purpose of staying, staying on track. Um, there, Like I said, so there's a spiritual aspect. But when you grow together spiritually, that's special. That is really special. Uh, and this doesn't always look like, I feel like a lot of people assume that you have to read your Bible together to do that. Sometimes it's just growing closer to God, but doing it at somebody's side, you know. Um, so it, it may not mean, uh, I know last year uh, I, for a class I interviewed um, Matthew Sokolowski uh, and his wife for class. And I kind of asked them about, well, what do you guys do, right, to try to like, grow together spiritually. And he talked about, you know, we've tried all these things, but what worked best for us is just kind of growing in our own relationship with God 
And then, like, I would talk to her about, oh, I learned this. I thought this was cool. Um, so there's a way to do it that may not, you know, and sometimes, like, it's great to pray together. Don't get me wrong. You do Bible studies. But for some people, especially in a marriage relationship, um, it doesn't always work, right? You have crazy schedules. But you can at least, like, talk to each other about the Bible. You know, Anna will ask me, uh, you know, what did I, how did I see God today? You know, it's it's that kind of thing. Um, and so... When you get to that point, you start to fall in love with somebody's soul and, and, and you fall in love with who they are to God. You know, we, you fall in love with um, the innermost part of who they are, not just like, oh, I like that they uh, are like this. I like that they're fun or that. Uh, but you really just fall in love with the innermost part of their being. Uh, that's really hard to describe. You know, it's kind of like trying to describe what it's like to fall in love. You know, it's just like. It's hard to describe, um, but I think it's it's really, really special. Um, you know, when I knew I was in love with Anna's soul, right, I was I was hooked. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what I meant there about that. I, I really like that point, Lincoln. You know, I, I've, I've grown up hearing the, the phrase that uh, Christian couples need to be in a love triangle. And I use that in a way that a lot of people don't use that phrase. Uh, but you know, if you picture a triangle, you've got God at the top, right? And then the two lower sections are the man and the wife. When the man and the wife are both seeking God, they're coming closer together. And I think that's really the key to a lot of successful Christian marriages is like what you talked about is putting God first, right? Our love for our partner is important. It's, it's critical in that relationship, but it cannot go above our love for God. If we are putting someone in the position of God in our hearts, even if we're not you know, consciously thinking that, then not only is that person becoming an idol, but we're losing focus on what's really important. And I think that kind of goes into a point that we we're wanting to make later, so I'm not going to jump in fully on it. But when you're out there looking for a partner, look for someone who's trying to serve God every day. Because if you're with someone who's trying to serve God every day, and you're trying to serve God every day... It just, you know, you guys will be able to do that so much better. You know, and you'll you'll have that person there by your side when you fall, when you stumble. Your goals are the same. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And when, you know, couples are goal-oriented, goal, goal excuse me, <laughs> when they're focused on the same things, that brings them together. That strengthens their relationship. Right. And so it's important. It's critical. It's vital, I would say. It's vital when you're out there looking for someone to spend the rest of your life with that you're also going to spend eternity with them. Right. We, we've addressed this idea of dating to marry and the, and the value of falling in love with their soul and not just their personality, and which these are all great points that y'all brought up. But I think one thing that has been lost in our culture today, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the idea of commitment. We sort of, uh, at least in the people that I've met, even some here at Freed, uh, there's people who uh, just date some people in order to see, okay, uh, I don't like them because of this, this, and this, or whatever, and then they break up, and then they get in another relationship, and they really don't have a commitment in mind. They just want to sort of play around in the water, so to speak, and uh, whenever you're getting into a relationship, and, and I don't mean to sound like I'm 65 or something and talking about <laughs> this topic, but I mean, whenever you get into a relationship, commitment <coughs> is a big key. Like, you, you, need a, you need to be in that relationship for the first point that we brought out, to marry that person, to date them to marry don't just get into that relationship because you just want to test out the waters or whatever it may be be in it because 
you seriously find qualities in this person that uh, that you could live with for the rest of your life. And if you don't see those qualities before you date that person, then don't date them. Uh, wait and wait for those qualities to come out before you get into a committed relationship. Because oftentimes we sort of use the dating stage in order to figure out, is this someone who I'm willing to marry? Whenever we need to use the talking stage, as we like to call it in today's culture, <laughs> to figure out if this is a person that I'm willing to marry. And if that's the person that I'm willing to marry, then let me date that person because that's who I want in my life. No, you bring up a, a really good point, Walker, and I, I'm sorry to cut you off there, Lincoln. I no, just, you're good. I didn't have a point. <laughs> good. good. <laughs> I was just agreeing. <laughs> this, this is why some shows have buzzers, you know. I, I want to speak. Uh, but anyway, you know, we, we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but one of the reasons that our culture doesn't have this, you know, strength of commitment as a necessity in relationships is because of divorce, mm. right? And again, we're going to look, look at this more in a future episode, so stay tuned Come back for that one. We'd love to have you. But, you know, I, I looked it up really quickly, and 44% of married couples got divorced in 2019. Wow. And that's actually down from what it was in, two th- in the year 2000, but that's wow. only because less people are getting married, you know, at all, mm-hmm. uh, according to this article that I'm looking at right here. So, you know, that's almost 50% of marriages that are ending in divorce. Yeah, when we, when we have that kind of easy out, so to speak, there's no need for commitment. And and the statistic that you mentioned that more well, does it say how many uh, how many mar- like the percentage of marriages that we've had, like or like anything about? That uh, yes, uh, it says that in 2000, uh, every 1,000 <coughs> people there were 8.2 marriages, but in 2019 there were only 6.1. So we're seeing a dramatic decrease in people getting married in the first place. And that's, that's, uh, that's a big thing right there because, you know, we sort of over the years since we've developed this idea of just attraction, like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, dating for attraction and dating for all these different things and not really having a commitment desire, we, we've, we've lost the value of marriage and the importance of marriage. And that's the sad part about it is that over the years the world has developed this this philosophy that marriage is not really all that important and thus the result is higher divorce rates people not wanting to get married uh people just looking at people for attraction purposes and not necessarily falling in love with their soul not falling in love with who they are as the inner being um and you know it 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 is all brought to life that statistic really brought our points that we brought out so far to life um you know i'm just i have a lot of I've uh, been having a lot of thoughts I've been trying to remember them all I'm going to write them down as you guys were talking um, but I really like what's been said and, and you know something else I forgot to mention right you're talking about falling in love with somebody's soul mm-hmm. that makes the attraction go by the wayside you know because if you get married um, and even when you're dating somebody you know at some point they're going to get old you know and so you have to love them for something that's more than physical mm-hmm. you know you can like the physical but it's it's got to be deeper you know, I was I was telling you guys I was listening to podcasts um, one time and they were talking about relationships uh, and he said like his wife was so beautiful to him the day that their first child was born you know and in you know in reality like she's been in the hospital she's just given birth like she's definitely not like oh like dressed up you know strutting it um, but like to him right. Mm-hmm. What she was at that time was great. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people, uh, Walker, you talked about kind of this like church hop dating, you know, uh, (laughs) so to speak. And um, I think that's important, you know. Uh, A lot of people date because it's fun or because it's a social thing. Um, And and, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with, um, you know, if you want to go on a date to test the waters, right? You're like, I might like this girl, I might not. Like, let's go uh, on a date, you know. But when you talk about a relationship, at some point you have to find that commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I could sit here and talk about, oh, well, you know, when children, like when, when younger people, right? I'm, I'm only 21, so I say younger <laughs> people, like, old, like middle school, high school, uh, when they date. I could talk about that, but I started dating when I was 15. But um, you still got to know kind of the importance there. You got to know uh, that the, the relationship is supposed to be just a tryout for marriage. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that comes in various forms and, and you try it out with somebody, it doesn't work out. Um, but you're kind of, you're kind of wasting somebody else's time. You're wasting your time and you're not really getting the point of it. If you're just kind of, um, jumping around, you know, it's, it's fun, but, uh, it just, it seems to miss the point. So, you know, we, we brought up some, some excellent points here, but just for time purposes, I think it's, uh, a good idea to move on to our next point, which is. How do the different roles in the relationship work, right? You bring together two different people with two different backgrounds, two different skill, uh, skill sets. What are those two roles supposed to be? How, how are those two people supposed to interact? Uh, so let's go ahead and start talking about with uh, the men gender. You know, we're, we're supposed to put ladies versus gentlemen. Man but, gender. But, but, <laughs> but uh, for, we're, we're going to talk about what the men's role in a relationship is first. Yeah, and the men's role is really the important role. It's the it's the big role in the relationship in all reality. I mean, you are the head of the household, as Paul describes it, I think, in Ephesians chapter 5. Um, and we, us men, we are the ones who um, are supposed to watch over the house, rule over the house. Um, and, of course, Paul is speaking in a married aspect in, in the context in which he was writing. But even in the relationship, like, now this is not to all the men who are listening to this this is not to be like you're supposed to boss your woman around and <laughs> treat her like uh she's she's not a human being she's a human being so she shouldn't be treated like um she's you're someone you're controlling um that's not that's not what we're trying to say here but you are the one who is supposed to watch over the house and to make sure that you and her grow together spiritually and grow together um and uh work things out and you are the uh, you're the foundation for this relationship besides God. God is your ultimate foundation, but you then are second and you, you're, you're the one who helps bring her along and helps the relationship grow and blossom. Um, and you know, it's important that as a man that you're strong, but not only that you're strong and let me also bring this out real quick. This applies to both and I'm backtracking just a minute, but I think it's important to address whenever you're, whenever you're, considering getting into a relationship with someone, one thing that should never be compromised is your values and your beliefs in God's word, your beliefs and what you believe um, regarding scripture and stuff. Yes, there are a lot of stories where people have been converted whenever they get into a relationship and stuff, but that is risky waters. If you're, if you're wanting to take that game, you can play that game at your own risk. But for my advice to those who may be out there who are looking, don't test the waters if you don't have to. Um, look for someone where you don't have to compromise your beliefs, where you don't have to compromise your values, because 
that's who you should date. Um, you shouldn't need you. You should. You should not at all throughout the whole entirety of your relationship have to compromise your values or your beliefs. You should all be on the same page with those things. And like Lincoln said, you should all have one common goal in mind, which is heaven. And that's the role of the guys to help both of y'all get to heaven, himself and the woman as well. Okay. You you bring up a good point, Walker, and and that is that we as men are supposed to be the spiritual leaders Mm -hmm. in the the household and the relationship, right? We're We're supposed to be leaders in worship and at home. Right, a lot um, of leadership roles, right? <laughs> well, yes, it, it is a lot of responsibility, and we and we need to make sure that we are considering that mm-hmm. carefully uh, when we're getting into relationships, when we're wanting to start leading in worship. We need to consider the responsibility of those roles heavily. But I think it's also important for us to look at, you know, in Ephesians chapter five, like you mentioned, Paul's Paul does say, uh, "Husbands be head of the wife." Right, husbands be head of the family. Husbands are to be, uh, you know, overall, right? Except God, right? God is overall, and then the husband is the head of the family. But it, like you mentioned, it's not this kind of dominating energy where it's just you do what I say because God says you're beneath me, yeah. right? Just because just because the head of the household is the male does not mean that the woman is any less important, or is that or or that she's not equal, right? Right. And if I can make a point here, I I don't mean to cut you off, Isaiah. I think maybe um, there has been some confusion in the church. I think maybe we didn't do the, we haven't done the best in the past of talking about that. Uh, We made it seem very much uh, like the man is just over everything. Um, And, you know, that's that's never the point, right? God is not trying to say uh, in Ephesians 5, right, which is where we're getting this concept from, God is never trying to say that. Well, men are superior to women. Uh, He's never trying to say that that is why he, it's a difference of roles, you know, Um, and we could sit here all day and, and, you know, debate which role is better. But I think ultimately it's, it's not that he's trying to say, oh, well, you know, men are, are better than women. Like they're ahead of them. They rank higher. No, it's just, they have been designed into this leadership role um, something that we talked a little bit about in this planning stage, right? We have to be careful about what that looks like. You know, a lot of people think uh, maybe in a different sense, right? We tell them and they kind of don't know God as well, right? To them, it seems like we're trying to say that, uh, you know, but you just have to look after your household. You know, you have to lead your household. And if you, the Bible has a lot of uh, commands about, you know, wives like submit to your husband's. But there's also a lot of verses about husbands love your wives, right? So we see in Ephesians 5 even it says, as Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and later at the end of the verse it says, so men ought to love their wives as their own bodies, right? Um, if you really love your wife, then it won't be a uh, you know domineering kind of relationship. Uh, Jesus loved people, but he was a servant to them, right? And so leading doesn't mean that you're just telling her what to do. Um, it, it's it's kind of this aspect of you're, you're presiding over, you know. Um, but it doesn't make you any less of a servant to her. So You took the words right out of my mouth. And by my mouth, <laughs> I mean you read the scriptures that yeah, I wanted to read. <laughs> well, you can go ahead and read it. Like, we haven't read it yet. So. Uh, well, you, you essentially read them, but I'll, I'll go ahead and, and do it just for uh, the sake of quoting the verse. Right. Uh, Ephesians 5.25, 
Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And then also verse 33, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And I really encourage people to, to take the time to maybe stop uh, this, this recording and look at Ephesians 5, through, uh, uh, 22 through the end of the chapter for yourself, since we didn't read all of it. But it's a, it's a great passage, and it really shows the kind of relationship that we should strive to have. And Lincoln pointed it out. It's a servant relationship towards one another. We're not putting ourselves above uh, our partner. We're putting our partner above ourselves. And, and that's how we find that love. That's how we find that joy is when we put God first in the relationship and we put our partner's needs second. Right. If you're putting God first looks like putting your partner before yourself. And servanthood and love, I, I think, go hand in hand. I don't think you can have them without the other. Absolutely. So if the man's role is to be the spiritual leader, right, he's, <coughs> to, he's to protect his family and, and lead them towards heaven. That is what his responsibility is. What's the woman's role? How should we look at the female's part in, in relationships? Well, you know, the woman um, is uh, just as important as the man. Um, and it's, well, I'm trying to think of how she, the Whenever we talk about the idea of the two roles uh, between the relationship, I'm reminded of um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, and, you know, this is talking about the church in all reality and the, and the different parts that make up the body of the church. But it, the, same, the same concept and the same principle can be applied to a relationship. Um, you have the different bodies making uh, different parts making up one body, and y'all are both working together uh, to glorify God. And that's, the, that's where the two flesh becomes one. Right. Comes in. Mm-hmm. And you know, the man has been given a certain set of talents and abilities. So has the woman, and that's the beauty. Whenever God created Adam and Eve to begin with, and He designed man and woman to marry each other, th- that's the beauty because God already knew the uh, the. Um, qualities that the woman would possess that are greater than what the man can possess. I think one of the greatest qualities that a woman possesses that a man, I don't think real, some men possess these and I'm not saying all men don't, but that's intuition. Women really have really good intuition and the, and they are able to, uh, they, their hairs on the back of their neck tend to stick up faster whenever we tell them about situations faster than what men's hairs typically do. My girlfriend has proved this to me countless times again. She's told me that that may not be the best situation for you. And my hard headed self was like, uh, no, you don't know what you're talking about. And I went ahead and did it anyway. It turns out I was in the end sitting in front of her saying, you were right. And those are the words that men hate to say, but we have to say them. Um, you were right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> number one, number one uh, rule that I ever learned before getting into a relationship was, uh, the woman is always right. And so, <laughs> um, right. and you know, sometimes that's very true, even though we may feel like, oh, wait, no, this is definitely right. I'm definitely right in this aspect. Uh, but the woman definitely has a better sense of intuition than men will ever have. Um, but the role of the woman is to tell the man, whoa, man, <laughs> and to help the man make good decisions. And that's sort of a play on words. Um, uh, and um, I came up with that, so... Uh, but. <laughs> Good job, Walker. <laughs> Amazing work. Like, squeeze it. We actually have the President of the United States here to give you an award. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, uh, well, I didn't want them blaming y'all for that. <laughs> because I'm sure that could cause con- some controversy, but I don't want I don't want it to. That's all out of good fun. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's one of the key roles in 
um, the relationship is to, for the woman to tell the man, hang on, you need, to, you need to make some good choices here. That's not the right choice for you to make. But the second one is to provide comfort and a nurturing environment. Um, you know, women are great at uh, providing the comfort that men are unable to provide. Uh, one of the greatest things that women can do very well is be empathetic and sympathetic for uh, people, especially uh, their boyfriend. I know Addie is great with me, and I'm sure Anna's great with you in being empathetic and sympathetic with yeah. your issues. And Isaiah, the time that, will come. I will say, <laughs> sometimes she's not, but it's for yeah. the better. Sometimes it's, she's it's not. for the better. It is for the better, though. Um, but that, but that's something that women have been blessed with, uh, with the ability to be able to have that comfort and provide um, those type of things that men just cannot provide because us men tend to be blunt. We tend to just lay things out there and say, this is how it is, and there ain't no way of getting around this. Um, but women are able to present it in a more calm and uh, pleasant way um, that we as men are unable to present it. Um, and are there any other things that we're missing out on for the role of the woman. I know uh, some women are blessed with the ability to cook, and I say some because not all women can cook, <laughs> um, but some women what? are blessed with the great ability to cook. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. that's amazing. Yes. Uh, but also, I think I think that we need to remember, just talking about these two roles, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, uh, I talked a little bit about talking about man's role. It's not supposed to be one over the other. Um, and I think we just remember that it's supposed to be complementing each other. Mm-hmm. This ecosystem, right, for marriage and uh, for, you know, I guess, and we're talking about this for dating, right, because it's important when you're dating to see these signs, uh, is that there's a complementary relationship there. You know, God intended for it just to be, hey, one's doing this and the other's doing this, right? You go over, I'll go under. Uh, and, yeah, so I, I think that that's uh, really cool and that's something we're supposed to remember um, I, you know, I sent my fiance a video, you, you reminded me last night of this guy and he was like, he was really upset. He's like, oh man. And, and it said, uh, me realizing the pain that my wife has to go through, uh, marrying a man who is never wrong about anything. And I was like, I, I texted her, I was like, I'm so sorry for what you're about to have to endure. Uh, joking because Walker's right. I mean, majority of the time, uh, women are correct and they generally, uh, have, the smarter ideas. Um, and it all feeds into this aspect of unity, right? Um, you know, in dating, you can't exactly get that unity aspect. Just there's not, you're not really like, you're not married yet. Um, but uh, just talking about roles, you know, there is a, there is a design to it uh, that is not just favor, favoritism or something. Right. So we've, we've looked at you know, the man is supposed to be the head of the household. He's supposed to be the spiritual leader within this relationship. And we've also seen how the women can complement that, right? But so how do, how do these two roles really interact, you know, in a practical sense? And I'm going to let you guys handle this because I don't really have a whole lot of experience. But in a practical okay. sense, you know, how does this look? How do you, how does, how do you have the spiritual leader and the complement? How do they really work together? Isaiah, I'll say it before we start. You know... I watch uh, the Auburn Tigers play college football, and I've never played college football, but I've watched enough of it to act as if I'm the coach. So you feel free to jump in. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Walker, did you have anything? You know, I think it goes back to what uh, you were addressing earlier. You know, we, it goes back to complimenting one another. We want to maintain that healthy balance. We, we need to work on, uh, on, you know, sometimes it can feel like we're the – 
where either the man's pouring in all the energy or the woman's pouring in all the energy, but finding that healthy balance in between the two where you're both pouring in the same amount of energy. One of the things that I've, that I've seen is that oftentimes either the man or the woman, one of them will pour in so much energy that they have none left and they try to continue to pour energy into that other person and there's really no energy left for them to pour. And sometimes whenever you reach that stage in your relationship, it, it comes to the point where you both just need to step back and be like, okay, hold up. We got to reevaluate things here and we got to, we got to restore our energy. We got to, we got to respark the fire that sort of died in our relationship. Um, and you know, th- that's something, um, that, uh, you know, I've struggled with in the past and different things like that. And we've all, we've all encountered this struggle where we may be pouring so much energy into one person that we sort of just neglect our own health. And I think it's important that if we want the relationship to maintain a healthy balance, we have to take care of our own selves first because we can't pour into anyone if ourselves are not full of uh, the energy and the uh, things that we need in order to help that relationship work. Walker, you make a really good point there. Um, You know, it's like how on an airplane, right? They tell Mm -hmm. you to put on your safety mask first because you can't help somebody else, right? If you're not... And maybe if you're not in a relationship, right, that's something to consider. Are you even in a place yeah. uh, for a relationship? Are you spiritually there? Um, not that you have to be perfect, but mm-hmm. um, do you have that kind of spiritual stability um, where you can say, yeah, I can be in a relationship with somebody and, um, you know, they don't have to – like I don't have to pour into them, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, not – stop me here if I get off on a tangent, mm-hmm. but it's just something I thought about for the last like – Please few go on years. Uh, <laughs> got 15 minutes. <laughs> right. Since last summer. Um, you know, there's this aspect of a relationship can become toxic if you are not, um, you know, you talk about pouring into each other, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not being poured into by God, um, mm-hmm. Jesus says in Jeremiah, I don't remember what the verse is, but, um, you know, Jesus says, hey, like I, or, or my bad, God says that, <laughs> Uh, I'm a, I'm a spring, right? I'm overflowing. Uh, and you know, so we can be poured into in that aspect, but I watched a preacher one time, um, say that a lot of times, like when we don't have that, right, we, we suck. And he meant like we suck the energy right Mm -hmm. out of people. Mm -hmm. And we wonder why our relationships aren't going well when we are wanting people to give us that fulfillment. You know, if you go into a relationship, you're looking for that fulfillment, um, and you're interacting, right, in your relationship, um, and you want that fulfillment that really should be given from God, and it might make you say, oh, I'm not, I'm not happy, you know, like, they don't fill me up, and if they don't fill you up, it's a good thing, you know, it's like, it's, they're not supposed to, and it makes it so, uh, just, it makes it kind of toxic in a relationship, right, when that person is how you get your spiritual high, or if there's no, uh, self-sustainability, um, so yeah, I think that's important, right? You talked about pouring into each other and that just, that made me think about that. Um, but also talking about, it's it's a balance, right? That's what we have here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that because uh, it's, it's give and take, right? You have to make sure that both people are actively a part of what is happening um, in the relationship, right? We, we want to make sure that everything that we expect out of them is purely biblical, um, Sometimes roles get rooted in uh, tradition, right, instead of scripture. Not that uh, there's anything wrong with, okay, say you want to date a girl or you're in a relationship and you would like your 
future wife or who you're dating, maybe you would like them to be a stay-at-home mom, for example. I know it's extreme. You may not even think about kids, but say that's <laughs> that's what you want and she's okay with that. And like, as long as you understand that that's not biblical, I don't think there's anything uh, inherently bad about that. Yeah. Uh, now, you know, I, I get it. Maybe that's your sticking point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's lines there. There's a lot of exceptions, but just generally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, if you're roles or your expectations or what you want is maybe more traditional it's not necessarily a bad thing but it's a bad thing when you think that's just how it should be for everybody and uh that's something that's rooted in scripture right leadership can take various forms uh wife being submissive can take various forms um but it all needs to be biblical um and it all just needs to look like uh jesus you know the model that we're given in the scripture for what roles interact like is Christ and the church, right? Christ died for the church. Um, he didn't just sit there and tell the church what to do. And in the same way, right, the church serves Christ. And um, now Christ is better than the church. I hate to say it. Uh, but I mean, that's the way that, um, that's the way that God has Described kind of for that love to look like, mm-hmm. especially out of guys and um, even with girls, you know. So if you're a girl, you want to make sure that somebody uh, treats you like how Christ treated the church and, you know, vice versa for guys. Lincoln, you, you bring up a lot of really good points. Uh, you know, in, uh, w- once we come back from break, we're going to be looking at how godly or uh, what godly traits we need to look for. In our partners, you kind of were hitting on this a little bit, but we're going to go in depth here. Uh, the godly traits that we need to look for in our partners, the traits that we need to have in ourselves, and how we can sustain a godly relationship. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hey there. <laughs> you know, have you ever asked yourself any of the following questions, such as, what's my purpose? Does God exist? What should I expect after death? Why are there so many churches? Do you have an open mind? If so, I would love to share some studies with you. I don't want to force my beliefs on anyone, but I'm willing to study with people of all walks of life. How could you benefit? What questions do you have? Let me know, 731-439-9671. Or you can find out more information on my website, preacherwalkerministry.com. Hey there, we're glad you're listening to our podcast. We want you to remember that we also have an Instagram page that we encourage you to go follow. You can find us on Instagram at T-T-E-O-J underscore podcast, or you can also visit our website, T-T-E-O-J.com. We look forward to hearing from you and giving us a follow on Instagram. Welcome back to the Through the Eyes of Jesus podcast. We apologize for the ad segments, but we, you know, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> so before we left, uh, we, we mentioned that the next segment we're going to look at is the godly traits to look for in a partner. One, and also the ones that you need to make sure that you yourself have. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to look at how to have a godly relationship, how to sustain that, how to keep it moving forward. Uh, and so the first thing that we want to do is we want to look at Proverbs 31. And this is a passage that we turn to a lot when we're looking at qualities that women should have. 
You see everybody, uh, I just want a Proverbs 31 woman. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, and Walker pointed this out uh, while we were discussing this, that Proverbs 31, while it is specifically mentioning woman, you know, a woman, you know, what to look for in a woman, the woman, <laughs> what to look for in a woman, that these are qualities that us as men need to have as well. So, you know, for the guys in the audience, these are qualities that you need to have in you, and these are qualities that you need to look for. And we're not going to take the time to read all of Proverbs 31, or at least all the relevant parts of Proverbs 31, uh, but Proverbs 31, starting in verse 10, and then all the way through the end of the chapter, verse 31, talks about the godly woman, talks about the woman who fears the Lord. Uh, and so we're just going to go through and name off some qualities that uh, the Proverbs writer lists here in Proverbs 31. He mentions the fact that they're trustworthy, that they're honest, that, uh, that you can put things into their hands and, and know that they'll be safe. He mentioned the fact that they need to be willing to work. Right, and someone who's not going to sit around all day, someone who will get up and be able to provide for herself and her family, someone who is wise, someone who has wisdom, someone who you know, looks at the Lord and makes decisions based off what He says, someone who is generous, who's willing to open up her home and, and willing to share the things that she has with those who are in need. It, uh, it mentions strength, right, and not maybe not necessarily a physical strength. But definitely a, a mental strength, a, uh, a strength in the Lord, strength of the faith even. Uh, it mentions dignity. She needs to be a woman of dignity. Uh, it mentions kindness. I think that kind of goes in with her generosity, but you know, just someone who is willing to go out of her way to help someone else. And most importantly, God-fearing. Uh, we kind of reference this verse a little bit uh, Earlier in the show, but Proverbs 31 and verse 30 says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Right? Lincoln brought up the fact that you know, our physical looks will not be the same in a couple years as they are now. Right? So it's important to fall in love with someone's soul, not just their personality, not just why you're attracted to them, because those things will fade. Those things will change. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. A woman who fears the Lord, that's someone that you need to keep around. You know, provided, of course, that, uh, that you guys have that, that connection, right? Right. Um, yeah, I definitely agree that um, we have to remember these traits. You know, we have to make sure because, you know, the physical things are going to fade away. Um, I think I just lost my train of thought, quite honestly. Oh, yeah, okay, I remember uh, you know, you want to find a, a great woman for you, but we have to remember that people are still going to stumble. You know, you're not going to find a woman that uh, is perfect, right? It's two imperfect people. Um, so it, it's it, as long as she's striving, right, to have these traits, or, or maybe she does have all of them. She is going to struggle in an area, though. She's not going to be perfect. Every day with her is not going to be perfect. Um, but... You know, as long as she's working to be better, to to strive towards God. Absolutely. You know, and, and like you said, none of us are going to be perfect, right? right? And, that's, and that's why some relationships don't work out is because people can't 
get over the fact that they are, their partner's not perfect, mm-hmm. right? They have that kind of expectation, especially in the so-called honeymoon phase, right? right? Or the puppy love, as some people call it, <laughs> right? Where you're so blinded by this attraction, you're so blinded by the newness of the relationship that you can't see or haven't seen the uh, red flags, so to speak, <laughs> right? But it's important for us as men to be looking for someone who is trying her best every day. And that's what we need to be doing as well. We need to be trying our best to serve the Lord every day. Put him first in all that we do. And again, we're not perfect. We're going to fall. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to upset our wives. Definitely. (laughs) But as long as we continue in love for each other and more importantly, love for God, then we'll be able to sail through any storm. Right, right. And, you know, there are... There are legitimate reasons, right? They might want to break up with somebody, even though they might not be a terrible person. You know, it just it just might not be working. You know, but you have to. I think that nobody is ignorant to that. You know, if if you enjoy being with the person, then it makes sense that you wouldn't do that. Uh, and if they're striving towards God, you know, and there's no need to overcomplicate it necessarily. You know, but uh, I think sometimes we think because somebody's a Christian, right? I don't want to get out of this relationship, but I don't have a legitimate reason to break up with them. Well, you know, if you don't enjoy being with them now, how is marriage going to be, you know, for life? Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, we just have to remember that. Definitely a good point, my friend. Uh, but, of course, Proverbs 31, like we said, traits that all Christians should have, but specifically it's, it's talking about the females there. Uh, but we do have in First Timothy chapter 3 the qualifications for elders. Of course, the, the male leadership role here in the church that God has, uh, you know, ordained. Uh, and while not every man is going to be an elder, these are qualities that every man should strive to have. And honestly, every woman should strive to have. And these are the qualities that women need to be looking for when they're looking for that godly husband. Uh, and we're not going to read all of 1 Timothy chapter 3, uh, but we, we'll, we'll read a few of it, uh, starting in verse 2. Therefore, an overseer, or elder, same thing, must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. And then uh, we also see, starting in verse 8, another leadership position in the church, and these are called deacons. Uh, They're supposed to be the servants to the congregation. They're supposed to help the elders lead the congregation. And it lists some of the same qualities uh, and adds in some others. Uh, Dignity, not double-tongued or, or, you know, hypocrite. Not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. Uh, And then he also, Paul also brings up the wives, the wives of the elders and the deacons in verse 11. He said that their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. So it's, we see these qualities that men and women are supposed to have, these Christian qualities. Those aren't just, you know, oh, it would be nice if my partner had these, <laughs> right? These are commands from God of how we should live. Right. And if someone is, is failing to do that, first of all, it's our responsibility as Christians to correct them in love, correct them in gentleness, Make sure that, that we are all doing our best to, to live according to God, according to what God has said. 
But if that person is unwilling to change this quality or unwilling to try to change, then you need to be able to take a look at yourself and say, is this someone that I want to spend the rest of my life with? Is this the quality that I think I can go the rest of my life without having in my spouse? And if the answer is no, then you know, that's, it's going to be a difficult decision, but I think it's clear that the, you know, we're not supposed to be yoked with unbelievers. And obviously that's a different passage in context, yeah. right? But if someone is, is not trying or you know, unwilling to try to live by these qualities, to have these traits in them, then that's you know, a decision that you'll have to, to look at and say, is this someone that I think I can spend the rest of my life with? Yeah, this elder's passage is good. It, it helps give us an idea, right? It's maybe not, hey, like your husband has your your person you're dating has to be really good at taking care of their children. Like <laughs> obviously you don't have children yet or anything like that, but it is indicative of uh, maybe what what a a good uh, man in the church looks like. Not that everybody has to be an elder or anything like that, but uh, I think it's worth something, you know. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I totally agree uh, with, you know, you had a lot of good points, Isaiah. I think it's, you know, you think about, well, if it's not this way now, you know, it's not even going to get uh, a lot better later. Right. Walker, do you have any, uh, any input here? Hey, y'all hit the nail on the head, or <laughs> how does the phrase go? You said it right. Yeah, it said nail on the head, yeah. Yeah, yeah y'all, y- y'all hit it um, pretty well, and very good, um, very good thoughts, um, and I think it just goes back to uh, what we said earlier, you know, don't compromise who you are as a person. Look for someone with these qualities. Look for someone who desires to serve God and wants to get to heaven, and you want to get to heaven as well, and y'all work together towards that ultimate goal that Lincoln talked about earlier. Lincoln, it's been a pleasure having you on today. We've enjoyed it, and it has been um, a blast, like every episode is, but this episode (laughs) especially. talking about dating and relationships and uh, the love life and all those different things. Um, it's been it's, an honor, it, honestly. <laughs> it's well, been an honor for us to yeah. have Deacon Lincoln shots on our oh, podcast. Oh, stop, stop. <laughs> Be sure to check out Lincoln's podcast if you have the chance to. We're going to include his link to his podcast in oh, the, wow. uh, on, in, on the website and in the show notes. So feel free to check it out. Um, and you will be encouraged by everything that Lincoln has to bring to the table. Um, it's not nearly as spiritual <laughs> or helpful for your life. Well, may, maybe you can get a good laugh for your day. <laughs> you're looking for a good start to for your day. Right, listen I mean, to Lincoln's podcast and listen to us to end your day, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, we're two Christians. We're That's right. <laughs> but we also want to encourage you to keep on uh, tuning in. Um, we are uh, trying to stay on track here. However, we hope that you do realize that at some points in time we may fall off track with publishing and stuff and that's because we are also full-time college students and it has been a crazy uh semester so far here at freed hardeman and um we are working to publish these episodes on time but we're also working for the future seasons to come up with a better recording and publishing schedule for y'all so we can be more consistent and uh we can do those things like they should be done um we also want to make you aware that uh you may have a lot of questions (coughs) from this episode, maybe regarding marriage, divorce, remarriage, or maybe regarding other relationship topics, not to fear. We have another episode about relationships coming out over the summer called Marriage, Divorce, and Remarriage, and that is scheduled to publish on May the 28th. Um, Now, that could be altered, and if it does, we'll let you know via our social media platforms. Uh, We have a Facebook and an Instagram. 
um, through the eyes of Jesus uh, for Facebook and Instagram is TTEOJ underscore podcast. We also have a website, TTEOJ.com, um, where you can find all the information you need to know about Lincoln Shots. And you can find uh, all the information about this episode and all the other episodes that we have published so far. We also have great discussion questions for you on there so you can discuss with your uh, family, friends, and whoever you want to discuss with, and other great features for you to check out as well. Feel free to check us out uh, there and whatnot. Any other thoughts, guys, before we close out? I just want to say again, Lincoln, we're so glad to have you on. And we're so glad to you, the listener, for tuning with us and, and you know listening to us talk about these things and, and enduring all of our shenanigans as we are you know three guys who enjoy hanging out with each other. Uh, but again, we, we appreciate you guys. We thank you so much for listening. If you haven't yet, we encourage you to check out all the other episodes. As we And we pray that every episode that you've listened to will strengthen you, it will encourage you, it will uplift you. And we pray that uh, if it does do that, that you will share it to someone who you think needs to hear that message. Uh, and we pray that everything that we do has been accurate to God's word. And we pray that everything we've said has been said in a way that is accurate and said in a way that is said with love. Uh, and again, if you have anything that you want to talk about, whether it be regarding this episode or another episode or just the scriptures in general, or if you just want to talk, we would love to talk with you. Uh, and we would love to hear from you. Uh, we would love to talk to you about anything that we've talked about. Uh, and before we close the episode off in prayer, I'm going to turn it over to Walker for the last final announcements. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, but before, we, before we wrap up, uh, before you say what you have to say, Walker, I, I do want to say as we end today's episode, uh, I want to thank you guys for having me on here. Uh, just in a dating relationship, just remember, right? You want your relationship um, to look like a marriage relationship. You know, you're, you're auditioning for that. So let everything you do in a relationship like that uh, be leading towards that. Definitely. You know, you may have noticed a break in between Isaiah's <laughs> thoughts. Uh, that was um, not intended or that was not planned. But, you know, talking about dating and relationships, Isaiah uh, talked about how if you need anything, feel free to contact us. Well, in the middle of that, my girlfriend decided to call. So <laughs> she, she must have been listening um, from far, far away. Um, must have supersonic hearing. That's another thing about women. They got supersonic hearing. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, um, but that's why there was a break. Um, she, uh, she decided to um, call and tell me that uh, she wanted to go to Sonic. So apparently I'm going to Sonic after this. But he went to Sonic. <laughs> but it's it's been so good um, recording this episode, and I think it's best that we end this episode in prayer, guys. Right. Father, we love you, and we thank you uh, not only for this day, but every day that you bless us with. We thank you for this time that we get to go to go um, come together, study another portion of your word, and open up your word, and to dive into what it says about relationship, dating, and all the glorious and uh, other things that come with it. We pray that you can help us, strengthen us, and guide us, um, not only as men who are recording this podcast, uh, help us to be better men, help us to be uh, future better husbands, help us to be uh, godly leaders for um, our girlfriends or soon-to-be girlfriends or wherever we may be at in our relationship stage, um, and we pray that you can help us uh, become stronger in any aspect that we need to be strengthened in. We also pray for all the young ladies who may be watching this as well that you can help them become better godly women, um, uh, stronger godly women, um, and really exemplify and uh, show off 
the qualities of a Proverbs 31 woman and help them to uh, continue to do the things that they do well and help them to be a blessing to the man that they have in their life or the man that will come into their lives uh, later on down the road. Be with us, strengthen us, and guide us. And thank you so much for sending your son Jesus who uh, who's provided so much for us, but the most important gift was his sacrifice for our sins and the hope that we have in heaven with him one day. We pray that as we draw closer to one another in our friendships and our relationships and in our marriages, that we can also draw closer to you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.